Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. You get all of our latest streams. That includes Before Floor, an hour before every Heat game, and Post Up 5R as soon as the Heat game ends. And FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. That's no paywall content on South Florida sports, all of South Florida sports. And again, unlike the newspapers, we do not charge you to read it. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. Our friends over at you break wheel fix. You want to talk about culture. You break wheel fix has it. They've also got a big three wheel repair, wheel refinishing, and they got a wheel custom wheel specialist there. I'm excuse me. I should have just said custom wheel specialist there at you break wheel fix. They're based in North Miami, right off of Biscayne and Northeast 146th Street. They're actually going to be moving to a larger facility soon, but you can still catch them there. Mention five reasons, and you'll get a discount off your order. Ask for Mark when you're down there. They offer the new custom wheels and tires from your favorite brands, such as Vossen and Fuel Off-Road. They also, of course, can repair your damaged wheels from the harsh South Florida conditions, the curb rash, the cracks, the bends. They do it all under one roof with in-house powder coating, CNC machining, and polishing. So reach out to you break Wheel Fix. You can do it at youbreakwheelfix.com. That's the letter U, breakwheelfix.com, or by phone at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112, youbreakwheelfix.com. And now, today's episode. Down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got them all banned. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We're just going to talk about two players today. The Miami Heat are up 2-0 in their series against the Atlanta Hawks. They have frustrated Trey Young. Eric Spolster tinkered with the rotation quite a bit in the second game because of foul trouble. That's one of the things we are going to talk about here. Uh, Atlanta got a big game from Bogdanovich in game two after he shot 0 of 8 in the first game. They got John Collins back in the starting lineup. It didn't matter. Miami ended up pulling away at the end of the game after having some struggles in the fourth quarter. But we're going to talk about the two guys who really haven't joined the party yet. Um, Jimmy Butler threw two games of this playoffs is averaging Alex 33 points, helps to score 45 on 60% shooting, 56% from three on 4.5 attempts. Uh, he's also averaging six rebounds and five assists. So he's averaging 33, six, and five. Duncan Robinson had one game where he, sh- he made eight threes and another game where he hardly played at all. 
Max Schroes is averaging an 11 and a half in this series. Those are actually the three leading scorers, Jimmy, Duncan, and Max. Then you get to Tyler Hero, who's averaging 10 and a half, Gabe Vincent at nine and a half, Kyle Lowry at nine and a half, PJ Tucker at nine and a half, and then Bam Adebayo at seven and a half, right ahead of Dwayne Dedman, who's at five and a half. It's not all about scoring averages, but obviously Bam and Tyler are the two guys who are supposed to carry this team kind of to the next generation. This is the Jimmy build, but the next build is supposed to be around those two guys. And, and for different reasons, you know, neither of them has really made an offensive imprint. Bam, Bam has defensively when he's played, but Tyler's shooting 36% from the field. He's actually only made one three, one out of his eight threes. Um, and, and if you take a look at the turnovers, he's got three turnovers to 3.5 assists, which is not as good as his usual ratio. And on the Bam front, He's only averaging five and a half shot attempts per game and shooting 37% from the floor. So I will ask you this to start. Are you concerned about either of them? Not necessarily. Uh, I think it's just kind of something that's been uh, one of the, the weird outcomes of a very positive two games. Otherwise, right. It's been like kind of, they haven't needed those guys to step up offensively too much. And uh, although you want it to be better, I don't think it's something to be concerned about. I don't even think they've been pressured very much. Like I know uh, last night it started to get close towards the end, but I just feel they haven't even really been, you know what I'm saying? Like put to a real test yet. And so I'm not concerned until I see it happen uh, when it actually matters. Last night, it felt like they were in control for most of the game. And then they, the, the Hawks went on that run uh, early through early and midway through the fourth quarter, brought it down to three. And that's kind of when you saw things, uh, turn around from the heat. They started taking things seriously again. But I just think uh, Bam definitely has to make himself more available offensively, I feel. Like, you got to give some credit, to, I think, to Okongwu and Collins just being athletic enough uh, to defend the role. Not not that they've done, a, you know, some awesome job defensively or anything like that, but it hasn't particularly been open because that's not really, you know, something that the, the Hawks have particularly given up yet. And I just think other than that, like, when that's not there, when everything else is working on the perimeter, when when the star players are making shots like Jimmy was yesterday, Bam can tend to kind of shy away from the offensive stuff. It's more like kind of they didn't need him to do more. And so, you know, the, the attempts have been down, obviously. And I think that's kind of uh, when people start to get nervous uh, because of what happened last season. And so I get it. It's fine. But uh, I'm just not in the point where it, it's a concern yet for either of them. Like, I want to see what happens when they're – actually counted on to do more in a game where they're, they're needed to do more. Yeah, I think you hit on it. I think it's really two things that have Heat fans concerned. It's it's not necessarily the present, uh, you know, because in the present you're 2-0 and and you've gotten enough out of other people and, and particularly defensively that it hasn't mattered. But I think it's the past and the future that Heat fans are concerned about. From the perspective of the past, it's looking back at last postseason and the four games against Milwaukee – and the fact that Bam was just ultra passive during those four games that where that became the biggest storyline, even bigger storyline than Jimmy's struggles, which obviously, as we know, he was outscored by Bryn Forbes. Although I believe Jimmy actually might've scored more points last night. I'll have to look at it. than he scored in the entire series last year, or maybe just a couple points. Oh below yeah. That. No, that's already been confirmed. He's already passed the point total that he was in the buck series. Just okay. So, so there you go. I didn't know if he did it just last night or the two nights combined, but he definitely has done it over the two nights combined. So 
you know, I think that's part of it that there's this concern about what happened last year and that Tyler really didn't perform particularly well in the playoffs either compared to the way he did the previous year, but more so Bam. But I also think it's the future. And I think with the future, the concern is also more Bam. Like, I don't I don't sense panic in any way about either player, but I, I sense less about Hero, that, that there's a feeling that Tyler will kind of find his rhythm. I thought he was finding it a little bit more yesterday. I actually thought that one of the issues yesterday of 11, is four of four from the line, like not, not too bad. Of not terrible. Well, it, it came a little bit later. It came during one stretch, but, but part of it is, you know, the lineups he was playing with were a little unconventional compared to what he typically does. I mean, he was playing with Lowry and Gabe and it looked like he didn't know when he was supposed to be the guy with the ball and to attack. Cause you got two other guys mm-hmm. who can play make from the backcourt. That's not a lineup. They used a ton this season. So I think that was a little different. But I don't I don't see, you know, Heat fans getting sort of concerned about Tyler. I think the concern about Bam, again, part of it is last year, but it's also in the context of looking forward. And it's the idea that in the next series, you need to make Joel Embiid work. And then in the series, if that's who you get, which we believe so, as we're talking tonight, although there are three East series being played out tonight. So things it may look a little different after this evening. But then also on the other side of the bracket, we know if they get Brooklyn, then he's got a huge advantage there and he typically dominates the Nets. But if it is uh, a Boston where maybe a Robert Williams is back and, and you need you know, someone to make him work a little bit, or particularly if it's Milwaukee again, now that Brooke is rounding into shape, I really think, Alex, that's what this is about. It's like, oh, wait, uh-oh. Like, is this the BAM we're going to get in, in the next round, in the round after? Like, we can survive it in this round, but we can't survive it then. That's absolutely fair, and I could not agree more. And I think that's where a lot of this is kicking into, not only because, like I said, uh, you know, just kind of uh, the, the last thing, <clears throat> excuse me, before this round was what we saw happen against the Bucks. but it's just like you have to go up versus these, like, daunting front courts in the in the next few series if you keep advancing, right? Like, you obviously got to go up against uh, Embiid most likely in the second round, and I think people have seen that bam early on kind of struggled with Embiid, but has gotten better with that. But it's still like if he is having these lesser games where he's he's not showing up much offensively, not not even on the boards as, as much as uh, he does normally. We know that he, he plays like great defensively. That's just kind of his standard at this point. We take it for granted. But if this is happening versus Okonwu and John Collins, what happens versus Joel Embiid? What happens versus, like you said, Rob Williams and Horford in the, in the conference finals or Giannis and Brooke Lopez in the conference finals? Uh, not necessarily the Brooklyn Nets, but it's just uh, anxiety inducing if you're a Heat fan because you're thinking of yourself in those uh, terms, right, in, in, as, a, as a real contender. And you have to go through these guys to get to where you want to go. So I, I get why people are kind of starting to get a little nervous. But like we said, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen them actually get to the point where they need him to do more yet. It, it's you know how I feel when it comes to it. Like, I always think that they should go to him more. It feels like they only go to him to, to start going to the rim, like when other things are, are not working as well and when they're at, uh, things get in the mud. And they just haven't gotten to that, po- to, to that point yet. And Jimmy has just been on top of his game. Obviously, he, he's kind of turned it up. The, the whole playoff Jimmy thing still stands other than uh, last season, which has a huge asterisk on it. But seriously, uh, I just want to see what happens when the pressure's on because that's when I think the, the concerns will be really fair if he is just not – living up to the moment versus the the front courts and w- when they need him to be there. And I, I know it just sounds like I'm giving him excuses. It just, you know, it, it's, it's something that we've seen out of BAM before. It's like, if, if other things are working, he is going to kind of just fade and, and be in the background and do what he needs to do without taking up much space. 
and that's and that's fair. And but it also makes you concerned, like, will he know when to turn it on? I, I thought one of the things about last night, you know, as we speak here, maybe two nights by the time people hear this, was that he, he seemed disconnected in general. Uh, you know, often we'll see him, you know, be tr- dynamic defensively, but really, like you said, kind of fade to the background, let others kind of take control offensively. I don't know if it was the foul trouble last night. I don't know if it was the DPOI thing. I don't, he didn't, from the very beginning of the game, like he didn't have, I don't know, his normal juice, I, I thought. Um, and and it, the numbers statistically, defensively, may bear out something else. Um, I thought a couple of the fouls were kind of lazy from him, not not what we're accustomed to seeing. So, I mean, I don't know if you saw that too, but it, it was not a, it's a good thing that they got the Jimmy game that they got. <laughs> That's all, because... Bam was was much more of a non-factor overall than he typically is. No, I definitely agree with that. And I think, like I said, if it wasn't for the Jimmy game, if it was just one of his more average games or he's giving you around 20 points, then maybe Bam is giving some more attempts. I just think they kind of he's kind of gotten, you know, it's easy to get complacent when you have your your superstar player just kind of going off like that and, and giving him the ball over and over. And Spo was alluding to that in the post-game press conference that it was obvious that the ball was just going to keep going at Jimmy. But yeah, man, I, I get it. And I get why this is going to be a, a repeating conversation because the whole bam, no ceiling thing, we're all pushing that. We all believe that. And so, you know, we, we got to be held accountable with those things. So I, I do appreciate the conversation. I just think at this point, like we've kind of seen the hierarchy of the heat, right? The whole thing is, you know, I'm not going to try saying the phrase again because I'm going to butcher it again. <laughs> I'm shook now. The, the, what is it? Uh, the the sum is... <laughs> Play, what is that? The, the sum is greater than, the, than yes. its parts? Yes, I'm like overthinking it now because I said it wrong last time and now I can't actually say it. But that's the whole formula of the heat and it feels like it that doesn't actually work unless Jimmy is number one. I, I don't know if we, we've talked about that. Enough, well, that but. that's an interesting approach to, because that's what I was going to get to next. I mean, let me touch on Tyler a little bit, but then after the break, I do want to hit on that um, and kind of the whole hierarchy thing and whether it matters. Uh, now and into the future, but I just to, to close the loop here on Tyler, I think we're going to get a breakout Tyler game uh, in Atlanta. I think that's the other reason that people are not concerned because he did start to kind of look a little bit more comfortable yesterday. I just think the lineup dynamic for him was not quite right yesterday. And and they had to go that way or Spolster had to go that way because of foul trouble. Things changed. Caleb played ahead of PJ. Rotations were all out of whack. Uh, you obviously had, you had PJ had his own foul issues. Uh, and you also, you know, you, you had Bam with his foul issues. So everything kind of changed. Duncan didn't get minutes. You know, Tyler has built some chemistry with Duncan lately. You, you didn't, you know, you, again, you had a lot of Vincent minutes with Lowry. So that's a whole different focus. And you wanted that for the defense. I, I feel like Tyler's going to, going to come out of it. Like, again, he's not shooting the ball horribly. I know we've kind of put him in the context of what guys like Maxi and Jordan Poole are doing right now. And maybe that's putting a microscope on this during the playoffs, but I do expect, Tyler to have a game or two over there. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to get into what you said there because it kind of touches on a direction that I that I was going to go here. Uh, before I do, I do want to mention one thing. By the way, there was a report on Fox today. Uh, I'm not going to mention you know the Carnival Barker's name, but uh, it was out there, and I, I've addressed this on our off the floor feed. If you guys, if you want content before everybody else, before waiting for the podcast, uh, you should be subscribed to our off the floor feed. I, I promote it on Twitter. You can find the link there. And we're actually going to start putting it on the bottom of these episodes here so you can click to it. It's $3.05 per month or $30 for the year. And you get a lot of exclusive content or content that we just, again, put out there before we put anywhere else. Um, Let me tell you this. 
Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler. There's nothing to this ridiculous report. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Report by this person with no sources uh, inside the Heat organization that Jimmy won't play with Victor or doesn't want to play with Victor and that's why Victor's not playing. Uh, Nothing to do with any of that. The only thing that has anything to do with Jimmy and Victor is that when the rotation was basically, you know, reconstructed back to its previous form by Eric Spolstra towards the end of the season. And by the way, the Heat have not lost a game since that other than the Orlando game. They were not trying to win. Uh, you know, they, they were made no effort to win, which, by the way, Oladipo scored 40 in. But in terms of the team, the games that have been played with that rotation, they're now 8-0. And with that rotation, there was a push, you know, from the veterans on the team to get Gabe Vincent back in the rotation. It was not, and to put Max Struess in the starting lineup. It was not a slight to Victor Oladipo, but it was because of comfort level with space and all those kinds of things that, that played into it. And that is a decision Eric Spolster ultimately made. So there's no rift between Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo. I just want to make that extraordinarily clear here because the more that this team wins, what's going to happen is, that people who haven't followed the team all year who can't speak to the basketball parts of it are just going to start making shit up. And that's kind of where we're at right now. But before we get to what I want to get to Alex with uh, prizepicks.com, make sure you use the code five. That's our official fantasy sponsor at the five reasons sports network, our partner again, use the code five because we have a partnership. You get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. So if you, you put down a hundred dollars, they will give you a hundred dollars to play with put down 50. They'll give you 50. You don't have to play it all at once. You can play two, three, four, five players together. You can also pair it with MLB. If you're a baseball fan, you can pair it with NHL. If you're a hockey fan, all the other sports up there, you can mix the teams, mix the sports, check out prizepicks.com. We do a show called prize picks on five on the YouTube channel, myself, David Eversall and David Friedman, uh, where we will go through the heat picks as soon as they get up on the board before the game. If you've been following us yesterday, I had Bogdanovich over on points and I had Jimmy overall on fantasy score and you would have won. So make sure you check it out. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E. You mentioned something there before we close here, Alex, about hierarchy. And yeah, Jimmy Butler has sort of retaken his place as the clear number one national media views it that way. You can't argue with it for the first two games of this series. He's been the best player on either team by far offense and defense combination, but it's even offense just alone. Um, but that's not really what we wanted to happen this postseason, right? Like we, we won all year. We've been talking about it being one of the other two guys, perhaps who kind of takes that mantle. Are, are you okay with them continuing to advance with it being clearly Jimmy? Absolutely. And Look, as much as I know and believe that Tyler and Bam is the future and also, of course, the present of the, uh, you know, the Miami Heat, I, I've never not believed that Jimmy Butler is the best player on this team and that he should be the number one. Now, I just what I've been on basically is that the whole number one, number two, number three thing is not that important with the Heat. Like I was trying to say before and completely uh, butchered, I just think it's more about the team ball and the way that they, you know, defend, obviously, the way that they move and switch and do everything just to 
tip-top execution, obviously, with very talented players involved. And just I just think, like, their formula is one that's a little bit weirder than uh, most contenders and why a lot of people just can't grasp it. And, and the whole thing just kind of gets minimized to, well, can Jimmy Butler be the number one option on a championship team? And I'm not going to name any names, but that was absolutely kind of being peddled last night by certain national media who were in attendance in the post-game press conference. Who, mm. And everybody who was coming up, that was kind of the question being asked. It's like, oh, does this game prove that he can be that? Or do you believe that he can be that? And I just think that that, like, it's such an oversimplification of what the Heat do. It's, I don't understand how you can be in attendance or you watch the, the Heat games. And that's just like your the number one takeaway is can they, can you, uh, you know, can you win with Jimmy as your number one? It's like, well, maybe if <laughs> if right. the, the rest of the team is, you know, Bam, who is almost incomparable, incomparable when you when you look at the rest of the league, you have Tyler Hero, who's a really good player, and I think is is a really comparable talent to somebody like Jordan Poole or Tyrese Maxey, who's getting a lot of hype, and just because they've they've had the bigger games to start off with. Uh, Kyle Lowry is a really damn good point guard. PJ Tucker is a really good, damn good defender. Like they have a, I think, a really good formula that can match up with just about any contender and the stuff gets oversimplified on a daily basis. And I'm just, you know, it gets a little frustrating when you see them dominate in, in a team fashion for two games in a row. And obviously Jimmy just has the, the big game, but it's not like one-on-one -on -one ball over and right. over. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, well, I just, in fact, Alex, in fact, Alex, Jimmy said that last night that Spo has been on him to play less one-on-one -on -one ball, that he doesn't want him to isolate as much that we talk so much about him hunting mismatches and, and he's talking about, you know, it's a little bit of a contradiction with Jimmy all the time because, you know, you know, in one, one case, you're like, okay, you want him to be aggressive offensively. And he even said that Tucker told him to be aggressive offensively. The Heat want him to do that. Spolster wants him to do that, but also doesn't want him to be pounding the ball and isolating all the time. So it's, it's more complex. And we've seen, we've seen Spo get really irritated. Uh, I, I wouldn't say irritated. He's not irritated. He's combative during this playoff series. You've seen it in the press room. Oh my God, so yeah. much. Right, because he has national guys there. And look, I, I know the national guys who've been there, and I'm friendly with those guys. These are guys I worked with in Cleveland, McMenamin and Varden in particular. But it's almost like Eric's putting on a show now a little bit because he knows some of this is out there for NBA TV, and he's pushing back against all of these narratives. Um, and it's just it's amazing to me. One. It was amazing to me to see the way he was a few years ago where he was kind of meek about these things. And now he, you know, he's comfortable in his own skin. He's, he's won championships and, and he's coming out there and he's saying this stuff, but you know, some of this narratives are locally based or with the fans or with the media, like bam, not being aggressive enough, et cetera. But the one about like Jimmy not being good enough is the number one option. Like that's one that irritates Spo, I think, because again, he doesn't look at it in those simplistic terms. And so he's pushing back against this, but it's complicated with Jimmy because in some ways, Jimmy is the lightning rod of this team and is, is the only one that really the national media knows how to get the handle on. And it seems like the only way they know how to get a handle on it is, and we saw it with the idiot on Fox on undisputed today is okay. He's causing a rift with some teammate like that. That's like their narrative. Like that's where they're going to go. And that's why the sideline blow up. Okay. Provided fodder for them and made the heat interesting to them for a couple of days. But at the same time, as he's the lightning rod, he's not interesting enough for the national media as a number one option. Does that make sense? Like, it's like he's the lightning rod because of his personality, but he can't be the number one on a championship team. We don't care about him as much as we care about Durant or Kyrie or Giannis or Embiid or any, or Jokic uh, or, or, you know, even Dev, I don't know about Devin Booker, but, or, or Curry or whatever, 
you, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like, they don't really, that's why I'm saying the national media doesn't know what to do with this team. Right. hundred percent. I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. And look at the end of the day, we, I mean, they might be proven right. All these questions might be proven right that the heat may not be able to win a title or even get back to the finals with Jimmy Butler. Like that could still be the case, you know, losing to the bucks in the conference finals, even losing to the Sixers in the second round, those things are possible. That may seem obvious. All I'm trying to say is that I think the reason me and others and, and Spo are so combative on it is because that thing, it, that narrative is just kind of, I think, hammered over and over and over and has been for the past few seasons since he's been here. You, do you remember like the way that he was being covered when he decided to leave the Sixers and join the Heat? Oh, yeah. As if, like he was coming home to retire. Ago, but it feels like so long ago because he, it obviously got thrown away. Uh, at least for in the short term after what he did in the bubble and took him to the finals, did something he's never done before as the number one option. But then, you know, he has the down seed. I mean, the the down year last year during the playoffs and, and all of a sudden it's like, I feel like he's been disrespected the whole season. And I understand like, you know, jokes are jokes. I, Heat fans making fun of his jump shot throughout the season. The percentages have never been good since he's been a Heat player. And then he turns it on in the playoffs for the most part. So it's fine. That's kind of where we're, expecting as a standard at this point but other than like the jokes as far as jimmy butler and his play he's still the best player on this team and i just think that the you know whether or not they win a title with him and i I don't know if this is a cop-out or not it might be whether or not they win a title with him if they're just in there like kind of getting long playoff runs every year while he's here as, as the number one option i think that kind of vindicates him like he's already been to the finals and matched LeBron's performance like I just try not to take that for granted because what he was doing was incredible and with how uh you know cut that that team was without Goron and Bam out there I I just think that was that was legendary out of Jimmy and I'm expecting him to keep this up like not obviously 45 points but him being the best player on this team maybe he's not the 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 leading scorer every night but that is the, the blueprint for this team. I think it's Jimmy one, and then you can kind of go from there. I think Tyler's most likely going to be two when it comes to field goal attempts. You know, Kyle and Bam are going to get theirs. Maybe we want a little bit more. But I think that's the hierarchy right there. It's like those four guys are the most important. The defensive infrastructure is the most important. And keep the main thing the main thing. And look, maybe I'm going too deep into the heat propaganda here because I'm there all the time. I just believe in that blueprint that they have, that it can beat any team in a vacuum. We have that T-shirt on our site, by the way. Keep the main thing the main thing. If you guys want to check that out, fivereasonsports.com. I, I will say this about it. Um, Jimmy is more than justified. Uh, everything he said and everything he did before he came to Miami, he's justified the trade to Miami. He's justified his heat tenure already. He doesn't need to do anything else. He's gonna That finals run alone, him bringing the heat back from kind of irrelevance where they were for about four years, uh, you know, with the exception of Dwayne's last dance, which was more of a local, you know, celebration than it was about basketball at that point. Yeah, he's done everything he's had to do. The only thing he has locally to prove now is living up to the contract. That That's going to be the issue in a year or two, but not now. Okay. And if you're getting performances like that, he's lived up to it for this year. Okay. He does that in the playoffs. I think nationally is a different question. I think nationally, you know, that will still linger. Can he be the number one on a championship team until he does it? And I keep saying this, there are so few guys in the NBA over the past 25 years who've won a title as the number one option on a team. There's like eight guys who've actually done that because so many of them did it more than once, because if you're of the level, 
of a, if you go back a little further, of a Jordan or of a LeBron, okay, or of a Shaq, okay, or of a Kobe uh, or of a Dwayne when he did it or of a Tim Duncan or of a Kawhi who's done it a couple times. Like you are at such a high level at that point that nobody else has a chance to squeeze through. I mean, Chris Paul's been a quote unquote number one option, at least as a, a star, maybe not as a scorer. For years, he's never won a title. Patrick Ewing never won a title. Scott Foster. I, well, he'll never win. He's over 14 with Scott Foster. I don't know if his bigger problem is Devin Booker's hamstring or Scott Foster refereeing again. But they, you, I mean, how many guys? Again, we could go back to Barkley or Reggie Miller, et cetera. That guys have been number one options and not won championships. Carmelo was the number one option, never won a championship. So it's a fair it, question, but it's like there's just so much more to talk about with the Heat, like basketball wise, than just that. I think that's but, kind but of. But Alex, it also doesn't, it also is not as disparaging as they make it out to be because, again, the the number of players who've actually done it is so small. Like it, it's Fair. not right. So, so, so the fact that Jimmy, like, I mean, again, if you go to the Pistons team of all four, like, I don't know, was Chauncey one. Billups their number one option. I mean, I, does he count? I mean, I was rip. I mean, you know, it, it, and, but that's, that's the comparison right there. Like that team was more, was, was less about who's your number one and more about look what this team can do as a collective. And, and look, man, I was a kid watching those Pistons teams, but they annoyed the hell out of me. And I just think mm-hmm. it's a damn good comparison. Not that they're going to go out and be in the finals like that every year, like the Pistons were, be in the conference finals for a million years in a row like the Pistons were. But that is the blueprint right there. Like that's the, you know, the last era comparison for what the Heat are doing right now. And I just think like as far as, uh, you know, Tyler and Bam go, they're going to keep ascending uh, in the ranks of this Heat hierarchy. But as of right now, this is the Jimmy Kyle build like you've alluded to. It's their team. Like, they're, everything runs through them, and specifically through Jimmy. And, and Heat players, mm-hmm. specifically the role players, say this all the time. Like, we go as Jimmy goes. Yep. He said he's a lightning rod, and uh, he's the number one. Now, maybe they don't win a title with it, but right. I just think it's, you know, live in the moment, appreciate the team that you have in front of you, and appreciate the things that they can do that others can't because national media obviously can't. Well, they don't know anything about the team. I, I think locally, the problem is for us, I think the criticism of us locally is that maybe we've been in a little bit of a rush. I, it, it, that's different from the issue of the national media. I think locally, we may be in it. You're always in a little bit of a rush to see Definitely. next. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think a lot of us have been like, bam, Tyler, okay, let's see it. And then you forget, again, the relative ages of those two players and where they're at. You compare it to where Jimmy Butler was at those at those ages. You know, after he was drafted 30th overall, um, didn't play very much his first year in Chicago. Played kind of then behind Rose and Dang in terms of being an option there. In terms of he was he wasn't even the personality of the team. Joachim Noah was, you know. So I it, it's it takes a little bit of time. I, and I think we are in a hurry. We want to see it. And I think what Jimmy has kind of shown over these first couple of games is not yet. You know, not yet. And and that's not necessarily a bad thing for this team this year but to close the loop on the episode i think we want to see more from bam and tyler if you're going to win a championship you're going to need it and i think especially from bam i i just i i don't think they can beat philadelphia or milwaukee with him being passive i it's it's not going to happen uh i i and and so so that's kind of where where i come down at it all right we do want to mention one more sponsor before we go. Our friends over at therapistpreferred.com, therapistpreferred.com. Maybe Trey Young's got some bumps and bruises because he's been hurt a little bit. We use the code 5RSN. That's the code 5RSN. You get 25% off the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies, everything there at therapistpreferred.com for recovery and for sleep. We'll be back tomorrow with Floor Jours. And then on Friday, obviously, 
Heat Hawks game three. That's game three in Atlanta. We'll have Gab Cartagena covering on the scene there. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.